Life Audio. Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity, and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today, I am excited to have Don Newman with us. Don has more than 20 years of experience in ministry and leading prayer and is also the acting executive director for publishing for Salem Author Services, a division of Salem Media Group. As a passionate historian of the church and revival, Don has benefited from the writings and stories of many great intercessors of the church, including some of his own ancestors. These inspired truths are all part of his new book, Praying for Rain. It's easy to underestimate the impact of prayer. However, Don believes that we can develop a thoughtful, intentional prayer practice, a practice rooted in understanding the types of prayers God yearns for us to pray. Cultivating this type of prayer practice is revolutionary, both of our own lives and of the world around us. It's the first step for those who wish to be a part of the army that establishes God's kingdom here on earth. And it all starts when we learn how to pray for rain. Don and his wife, Tracy, live in Central Florida. They've been married for almost 40 years and have three children and six grandchildren. Welcome, Don. Thanks for so much for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Lauren. I'm so excited to be here. And I'll, and I'll add to that, we have six grandchildren and another one that's due any day now. Hey, that's awesome. Very cool. <laughs> another girl uh, to add to the bunch. So we're very excited about that. Fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me on here. I'm looking forward to spending some time with you. Yeah, me too. So I know you're an author and a speaker. Before we get into The Praying for Rain, tell us a little bit about the other books that you've got and how did you get to this place of becoming an author? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Years ago, if you would have asked me when I was in my 20s uh, or 30s, hey, you're going to write a book? I'd have said, absolutely not. (laughs) In fact, fact, I didn't even read books. I read the Bible And I'd kind of skim books, but I was not a reader. And uh, a lady came along uh, and uh, that was kind of a mentor, her and her husband to my wife and I, part of the church we went to. And they were in publishing, but she collected and bought these old rare books. Uh, And not that they were all old, like you wouldn't touch them. They just were classics. Andrew Murray, 
uh, you know, I can go down the list. And she began to give them to me and tell me, you need to read this mm. and this is what you'll get from it. And all of a sudden I turned into this reader that just couldn't stop. And uh, you just are seeing a part of my book collection behind me here. Uh, I've had to thin it down so many times because there's just no room for it. But I, I love, I love books. And so early on in my days in the ministry, I really felt a desire to write a book. And what I tell people often when we're dealing with authors is I, I like making this statement. I never talk anybody into doing this, writing a book. I just help people that are never going to get away from it. <laughs> yep. You will never get away from it. It will always be there. It's not just a, well, I like to try it. It just keeps coming up and up. So when I came to work uh, at uh, Salem Author Services mm -hmm. and uh, I began to work in publishing, mm -hmm. uh, my wife had previously published her first book before anybody did. Mm -hmm. And she started encouraging me, you need to write a book. Mm -hmm. and you need to write your first book. You've talked about it. You've talked about it. You've talked about it. And what she did is she took, um, you know, basically and wrote a check. I, I think it, I joke that it was part of my NASCAR spending money or, you know, my fun money. Uh, <laughs> but basically she wrote it to a ghostwriter and she said, there, you're committed now. Oh, wow. Uh, nice. And so, yeah. And so it was like he said, hey, I don't have anybody for six months, but then I'm busy for five months. So we got to get working. Mm -hmm. So it forced me to do what every person has to do wants to write a book. And that very first book, the title of it is Respond Up. Mm -hmm. And that book comes out of my own heart of our journey um, through a lot of different things. I was in law enforcement for years oh, and I share cool. stories about that in ministry. Uh, I was a football coach before I became in law enforcement. Uh, so I have a I have a unique journey. And so Respond Up became a book that I started to see the way we move forward in life has more to do with how we respond to life than what we choose to do. We can choose to go to the best college. That's great. We can choose to pay off debt with Dave Ramsey. That's great. We can absolutely, just like what you do, choose to be healthy. And that's important. <clears throat> but really what makes us where we're going to be from here to there is how do we deal with rejection? How do we deal with disappointment? How do we deal with having to wait? I call it the waiting room. And it was my own journey. Um, and, you know, you can read in there incredible stories of when I was in law enforcement and how God took me a path that seemed the opposite of where I wanted to go. But he knew what he was doing. Yes. So on a plane ride from uh, Houston, Texas, back to Orlando, uh, the Lord just began to speak to me and talked about Joseph in the book of Genesis mm -hmm. and how as hard as those things were. And my journey was not as hard as his. Absolutely not. I wasn't sold into slavery and in the prison. And, right. but I went through some places where it was detoured, like, God, why am I going over here? And what I started learning was if I'd quit reacting mm -hmm. and I'd start responding, but not just responding, but responding up, mm -hmm. or what do you want me to do? And trust his voice. It's like many times it was a divine setup to actually get me to where he wanted to take me. Yep. And so I share the stories 
Uh, real quick, one of them, because I think this is so cool. One of them is I had to get a part-time job while we were planting a church, my wife and I, because we just, I needed income. The only job I could get was in a call center with a credit card company. Mm-hmm. And it was the most terrible job I'd ever had in my life. It was just, you know, so difficult. And I prayed again, I'm over here, but I'm trying to do this. And I'm asking the Lord, get me out. Right. But instead he asked me to pray to him, ask him to bless me there. There you were. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to be blessed here. I <laughs> been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he just turns off the volume. He ain't say anything else. And you know what? I finally did that because I trust his voice. But again, I'm so far away and I'm about to lose my position because I'm not selling at the level you need to. It's just so much pressure. And I know there's several probably watching have, if they've worked in there, you understand what I'm talking about. So I prayed that prayer and it didn't happen all at once, but gradually over the next few months, I went from almost being fired to becoming the top national, really world national salesperson and won the top prize two years in a row. Awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, you know what it set me up for? It set me up for for moving me into working in publishing. So I wrote it, you know, I primarily, you know, you always want to define your target. My target was 40 to 50 year olds that felt like they had missed it. Mm-hmm. and felt like, man, I didn't become that. I couldn't become that. And I'm telling them if they will just slow down, talk to God, hear his voice, respond up. Yep. Yep. God wants to get them there. And many times it's backdoor opportunities that bring you in to the place they want to go. So it's a book I'm passionate about. We could do a whole show on that, but that's yeah. my first book. Shortly after that, my second book is, um, it's a very simple, easy read. Uh, it's don't just speak it, write it. Mm, okay. How every, how every pastor can become a published author. And mm-hmm. while it's specifically written to pastors, I've had more just Christian authors that have benefited from it. You you don't have to be a pastor to get something from it, but I wrote it to pastors because I coach pastors on, you got to get the book out of you. And uh, basically it came out of, 20 years of coaching pastors on, uh, you know, what's the roadblock? Why should they write a book? Why should they write a book? I begin it with the story of uh, two pastors that were in uh, England in the 1800s, and both of them had successful ministries. I tell this story in the very beginning, and they were very well known, but uh, we know one of them to be Charles Spurgeon, but we don't know the name of the other one. And the difference was Charles Spurgeon wrote and the other guy didn't. Yeah. So that outlived him. Yes. Yes. You leave a legacy in print. And what I do is I tell pastors, you're already doing the hard work. You're already doing the work. You're studying, you're preaching. And so I've coached pastors over the years and there's a small book. It's a hundred and something pages. Most of the time we just give, I give them away at these pastor events. I'm just trying to encourage pastors to write and not just pastors, but everybody. But that was my second book that was written shortly after that. And then the current book that uh, is just coming, you know, has just, you know, come out on Amazon, Praying for Rain. This was something that's been a passion in my life uh, for years. And um, God's taken me and really me and my wife on a journey. And uh, that journey led to three years ago, hearing the Lord call me to write this book. In fact, he used the word, it's, it, it's a mandate. 
for you to write this book. Yeah. And, uh, and it literally took me three years to write. I went through a lot. <laughs> I went through a lot of warfare writing this book. I mean, not that you don't expect that anytime you're doing anything for God, but there was just a lot of warfare, warfare that went on. But um, God pulled, pulled it together, helped me be able to take the things that he'd put in my heart and begin to put it out. And it just turned out so well in the end. And I've had, you know, it, I've had a lot of great feedback from people. And what I love is, you know, the subtitle is Praying for Rain, R-E-I-G-N. The subtitle is Never Underestimate the Power and Impact of Your Prayers. So and, tell us about, about that concept. So you, you'd mentioned that in your, in your bio as well, that it's easy for people to under, underestimate the concept of prayer. What do you mean? Why do people underestimate prayer? Well, there's several reasons. First off, they think they're not qualified. They think that uh, they haven't spent the time that they look at the pastor, they look at somebody that they, they've elevated to a certain level, and they believe that they have the position of prayer authority that they don't. So they look at it and they just feel unqualified. They just feel, you know, I don't, I'm busy. I'm a stay at home mom. I'm just trying to take care of the kids. I mean, I'm praying for help, but could my prayer really change the world? Sure. Uh, so they feel unqualified. The, the other thing that they feel is they feel like they've been disqualified. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they feel like I've, I've sinned. I've messed up. I mean, even last week, I messed up again. And so, you know, I, obviously, I don't have any power in prayer because look at what I've done. In fact, one of the lies of the enemy, uh, especially with parents praying for children, you know, the, their children have gone astray. And I'm sure someone listening has heard this. The lie of the enemy is, well, why do you think God would answer your prayer? You're the one that caused this. Mm, yeah. So condemnation. Yeah. Condemnation. Exactly. It's a condemnation. And so, and then just um, not understanding what prayer really. So basically they don't feel qualified or they feel condemned or disqualified and they just don't understand what prayer really is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so many sayings I have prayer. Prayer is not magic. Mm-hmm. It, it's not instant. I mean, there are times you pray a prayer and wow. Right. I mean, that, that can happen. But sometimes prayer is warfare. It's, you know, it's you have to have a campaign mentality, not a battle mentality. You know, you're just saying, wow, I got to stay in there and pray for this son or daughter or pray through. Right. So what occurs to me as you say that is the proverb that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when dreams come true, there is life and joy. So the idea of what you're describing is if you're expecting an instant manifestation, then it's very easy for you to get discouraged and give up. But you're saying you should approach it with a different perspective. Is that right? Exactly. If you approach it with a different perspective and you get your feedback, not from what you see with your eyes or hear on television or wherever, but you get your feedback from God. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get your feedback from him because he's the one that gives us the heart to pray. You know, he's the one that, you know, uh, you know, I, one of my sayings is, is that uh, we're not waiting on God. He's God's waiting on us. And uh, that's not a, you know, a legalistic thing. He's just so eager to right. partner with us in prayer. And uh, then he gives us the heart to pray. And all of us have heard stories. I've got so many that I couldn't put all of them in the book. 
but of people that had prayed for 20, 30 years. But those prayers were answered. Um, And so how did they do that? Well, obviously, they're not looking at what's going on because they're not seeing the result. The year one, year two, year three. Where's that power coming from? It's coming in that relationship, that partnership. So this was a this book is an invitation to come into the you know the this was not a religious thing uh, in the sense of the way we use that word. It's a relational thing, but to come into that relationship and partner with God, where the power and the purpose of prayer is found, and to be able to to like you said to be able to have that hope even before you see it. Amen. Yes, and that's where the power comes from for sure. So you have a great title. I think it's your second chapter of uh, Praying Away Monsters and Praying in Girlfriends. Tell us about that idea. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean by that. Yeah, yeah, I thought about that title. I thought, wow, I'm not going to name any funny. names. I'm not going to name any names or talk about what year of high school or whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know, um, again, um, some of these chapter titles came to me in prayer like instantly. And I was like, oh my word, that's perfect. Because right. that's what it was. Right. Monsters and girlfriends, where prayer begins but it doesn't end, and what I'm talking about there is that it's so wonderful that we have a wonderful God that we can go to with our fears and our cares. You can, we can, but it's so far beyond that. The depths of the of 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 the real prayer that He wants to call us into it becomes so different than that. So early on in my life, I grew up in a great Christian home, and uh, you know. Basically, is I kind of lived my life where, hey, I, I know I'm not going to the other place. I'm going to go to heaven, and but it wasn't in a strong relationship with God. But when I did pray, because I didn't really have an active prayer life, but when I did pray, it was about what I was fearful of. Problems, yeah. Right. I remember getting really, really sick. I think this is in the book, and my mom and dad, we all got on our knees in the living room because. I would be going into the hospital if something didn't change in my body because we were desperate and God healed me and, you know, and he, he heard me. So I knew, I knew the God that heard my call for help. And I knew the God that heard my call for, you know, Hey, help me with this. I'd like this. I'd like to become this. So what I'm scared of and fearful of and what I would, that's why I said girlfriends, because yes, there were prayers, Lord, let, let her work out. If you were to, see, <laughs> right. yeah, if you were to see a picture of my wife or if my wife was on here and popped in, you would say you did very, very, very well. I did very well. Almost 40, almost 40 years now. God knew what he was doing, but God's interested what's on my heart. But what happened was I, it's like, I walked through a door of there are still things on my heart. I got grandchildren now, you know, how that's on my heart, but now I'm hearing what's on his heart. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's always way far away from what's on my heart. It's just that now it's, yeah, it, it's like, I'm not just down here with a megaphone or going by the mailbox. I'm not going by the mailbox, dropping in my prayer request. I'm opening the mailbox and getting out his yeah. heart. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing he said to me, because God, you know, and this is one of the things I love to tell people is that God loves to talk to us. Mm-hmm. He loves to say things to us. And I know people get, you know, are you hearing a voice out here? No, I mean, learning to hear God's voice obviously is a process, but he wants us to hear his voice through his word and through, but 
I had the Lord speak something to me one day that I knew was him. And of course I always weigh it out, you know, and because sometimes you hear, you can hear other things, but I heard him say to me, you know what I want in prayer, Don, it is the opposite of genie in a bottle. And he said, genie in a bottle is your wish is my command. What I want is my wish. My desire is your command, your decree, your prayer. Mm-hmm. And and then that's where you start to realize when Jesus taught him the Lord's prayer, it was all about that relationship. Mm-hmm. So now I'm praying about grandchildren. I'm praying over things in our family, but I'm not just putting the mail in the mailbox to send there. I'm having a dialogue right. and I'm, and I'm asking, I'm even asking him, how should I pray about this? Yes, right. And getting inside and it changes everything. So let's dive deeper into the concept of the Lord's prayer. And you talk about how that's a template for how to pray. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yes. Yes. When rabbis would teach, uh, you go back and you look in, you know, the Hebrew uh, custom of rabbis teaching their students, uh, almost all of them would give an outline and then they would come back and fill in the blanks. And even in the parables, Jesus did that like the seed and the sower. But then he came back and explained it. Well, uh, the Lord's Prayer, I mean, the disciples didn't ask anything else. They didn't say, teach us how to make wine out of water, teach us how to do this. They said, hey, teach us how to pray. Because, you know, I use the illustration. It's like if some, as a kid, I'd watch Popeye. And I'd be like, I need to eat spinach. If I eat spinach, <laughs> right. I'm going to be strong. Well, the disciples looked and said, Every time he goes away and comes back, he's exhausted when he goes, but he comes back, teaches that. So he taught him that. But as beautiful as the Lord's Prayer is, because it's so memorable, anybody can memorize it. And I love that. It is an outline of a deeper understanding of prayer. And so you start at the beginning, our father. And that just tells you that when he uses especially Abba, you know, he's calling and he and he's saying to us, when you pray, pray our father, that includes corporate, we're including others, but that begins with that relationship. And so, you know, you think about so many people that have had a father wound and they, they have trouble understanding that God loves them unconditionally and that God wants to invite them into that. So that whole prayer, that powerful prayer, the Lord's prayer, that concept, is an outline, but it begins with the understanding of who we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Many Christians suffer with what I call mistaken identity. Mm-hmm. They feel like, okay, I've got a new destination, but I'm still the same person. Yeah. And God is trying to say, no, you're, you're not. Yes, you are being you know, changed from glory to glory. Yes, your mind is being renewed and all this, but you're not the same person. Yes. You know, you're, this, is your, this is your father. Mm-hmm. Now, you just didn't get picked and, and put in line. You So I would go into detail about understanding that mm-hmm. and the importance of that. It starts with that because that's where the power is. You know, our father who art in heaven, you know, hallowed be thy name. Uh, I, I, I teach in there that, you know, think about the names. If, if you're a big Ancestry.com fan, I'm a huge one. Mm-hmm. And I'm related to, they're not, we're all related to different people, but I've got these famous lines of family. And when I think about the name and I think about that name being part of my heritage, it does something to me. I feel different. Sure. Well, that's what God wants to do. Yeah. He wants us to know who he is and know that we are his 
And that, that name, he's given us his name. Jesus gave us his name, you know. So that's where it begins. And then it goes into praying the different parts of the prayer. My, my favorite that really kind of birthed the book is thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That is praying for rain. Rain, absolutely. And uh, when you understand the illustration I use, I've got these little army men, army men that are all over my office. I got one up here and at work and I have the same one. You know which one it is? It's the one with the radio. Ah. And the reason I like the one with the radio is because without that guy who can contact headquarters, hear from headquarters what's going on, call for air cover, call to be picked up. They're lost. They're just out there with, with, you know, they don't have endless bullets and they're lost. And so what I say is I say, you know, when we're praying thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we're calling for God's kingdom invasion in our life and in our world. And we're also getting our assignment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that prayer, and that's where this came from, thy thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know, uh, praying for rain is partnering and agreeing with God in prayer for his plan, his plan to manifest his kingdom realm in the earth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so you also talk about praying for rain specifically in America. I love that you included that. So what inspired you to include it? Although I suppose that's relatively obvious. And <laughs> what do you feel like has come of that as you've started to really pray into that and teach others how to do that? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, uh, I, I discovered that, um, you know, I talk about the the you know the meaning of uh, of four twelve, and that was a was, I just share. I had a picture God gave me one day, and where it led me to, and and it led me to the founding of this you know country. And I know there's some people who may not believe in visions or pictures and stuff like that, but this was a real thing God did one day in prayer, and I and I really prayed about it and followed it up, and God confirmed it over and over again. And what it did is that connected me. Uh, back to several of my own family that were Christian founders in this country. Uh, my ancestor was a pastor that came out of George Whitfield's movement and was a separatist Baptist pastor. And when you read what they did, it was wonderful what they did. Um, they, uh, there was amazing things that they did in the founding of this country. Uh, you know, another ancestor of mine, uh, was with William Penn in the establishment of Pennsylvania. And uh, so I started to find these things, but then the Lord started giving me a heart to pray for Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife and I, we've been there several times, but this one time we went on a prayer journey was right at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we felt like the Lord said, go March 20th. And it was like, everything is shutting down. Right then. But Lord, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, this was like, uh, March 20th, 2020. And, uh, we were like the only people in the airport, you know, but we knew again, we know we confirmed, we knew God said to go. And so, so what I found through this journey of praying for this country is this America has had its sins. There is no doubt about it. Uh, and when we highlight what God has done through this, it is not, it is not giving a notice to the fact that America not only has had a the, the sin of slavery that has happened in our country, but also the, the sin of the broken 
uh, you know, uh, treaties with the First Nations people. So I say that before I say what I'm about to say. God used this country in an amazing way, despite the things that went on in this country. Um, you know, this is not saying this person was perfect, that person. The same way all of us hold King David up mm-hmm. as a model, yep. David had his bad side, but God said he's a man after my own heart. So thank God for all of us, because there isn't any great leaders that are anywhere that have been totally perfect. But uh, when Robert Hunt, okay, landed on the shores in Virginia, okay, and they made the declaration and they put the cross in the ground, and this declaration is in the book, and he basically prayed that this country would be for establishing the gospel, not only in the country, but around the world. That became a proclamation and a decree that has been fulfilled several times over. There is no country uh, that has sent more missionaries, that has sent more money in missions work to the world than America. God blessed America to be a blessing to the world and to be a beachhead for his gospel to, you know, the uttermost parts of the world. And so... So I I got to spend time years ago with Bill Bright of Campus Crusade for Christ before he passed away. And I just had, you know, got to spend some private time with him. And he was saying, this is right before he passed away. And he said his heart was to raise up more leaders that would work in the gospel. And he talked about these lieutenants that got trained very quickly in World War II because they needed leadership. Yeah. Well, that was his heart because he said, we can't become we can't go the same way that Europe has gone where the church, sadly, not that there isn't remnant. There is very strong remnant there, but you know, churches have closed. They have become all kinds of things. And I picked that up. And so what I did is I joined my own legacy that goes back to the founding of this country. And I began to see how God sent people to this country that he had put something within them. Mm-hmm. to make this country, you know, become a light, a city on a hill. And despite the things that, you know, that God, it's almost like God knows, okay, they're going to mess up here. They're going to mess up here. But despite that, despite that, thank God, God does the despite that. I mean, for all of us, sure. uh, but through that, he established things in this country that are significant to the gospel in the current world that we're in. And so over the years, the Lord really connected me with several people, you know, uh, a Dutch sheets, other people that, uh, you know, that just, I mean, you know, Dutch sheets has been a, I wouldn't say he's a spiritual father of mine because our relationship is shaking hands and talking every once in a while. When I <laughs> sure. yeah. uh, I, but I am one of many that has drank from the stream that mm-hmm. has come from these leaders that are passionate about this country and passionate about it. And so for us, you know, the, uh, while I may pray about an election and pray about things, the, the, the power of this to turn this country and believe for a third great awakening is in prayer. It's prayer. It is, you know, a good friend of mine, another book I'd highly recommend came out before mine, Todd Smith, unless we pray. Um, uh, you know, that's an awesome book. And and I know Todd, and I just 
uh, I, I read it before I released my book and I sent him a message, but you start to see that the key is prayer. Yes. And, and if we can call, you know, the nation to prayer and God is trying, is doing that. He's doing that now. Then we can see God move in a way that nothing else could ever do. You know, John Wesley said, uh, you know, uh, you know, prayer, uh, God answers prayer and he only works through prayer, believing prayer. Mm -hmm. And so uh, God does nothing without believing prayer, I think is the actual quote. I've got it in the book. I just couldn't pull it up in my mind, but it's basically you. So what are we becoming? We're becoming partners. And so um, I just believe as I look across America, you know, uh, there, uh, if I was to show you a board, I have pictures of different leaders across this nation that the Lord has assigned me to pray for. And uh, I, I pray for them. I have a key that's over on my drawer. Uh, that's an old, old keychain. Uh, it must be at least 70 years old. And I think it's a tourist thing. I, I, it's not legitimate, but it, it's a key. It's really cool looking. And it's a key to the White House, to the Oval Office. Wow. Yeah. And I have an old skeleton key that is similar to one of the keys that would have been used then. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just a symbol, but God, sometimes I'll take that key and I'll begin to pray for the White House, the president, the Congress, Supreme Court. You know, I've gone and laid my hands, you know, during the pandemic when I was in Washington, D.C., again, you know, everything was starting to shut down. We got in and got out just at the right time before everything was really shut down. But uh, I was able to go up there and lay my hands on those doors at the Supreme Court. And, uh, you know, pray for them, pray for babies, pray. I mean, there were so many things that God had me pray for. And so I, I want people to understand that they were born in this country for a reason and that God can use the stay at home mom, the pastor, the, you know, one of my biggest things, and even with my uh, own mother, you know, who's 80 in her mid eighties. Because I, you know, I'm looking at the elderly and I'm saying, guys, you can pray and your prayers can change this nation. And so I just have a heart to, you know, it came about, I know it was a long answer, but America, uh, you know, is important to God and God is using America and is going to use America in this world. And so us that are called to pray, we're standing on the wall mm-hmm. and we're continuing to stand on the wall. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's this quote you have in there that I just love this. You said that you are not just a sinner who has been saved from hell. You're a sinner who has been translated into a new nature with a brand new identity and purpose. So Mm -hmm. you kind of said a lot about that. It sounds like you're saying that the purpose is that he's placed you here and he's given you his power, his authority to use it with his word in your mouth. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent for sure. Uh, Yeah. And I, I like to say, you know, one of my things I, I love that has come up over and over again that came out of this experience of, of writing what was on my heart and listening and writing was this. And I so agree with this, that God doesn't want us just doing things for him. He wants us doing things with him. Absolutely. I love it. It's great. Mm-hmm. And side note, something else that you had in there that I also absolutely thought was fabulous, because I don't usually see people bring this out as much as you talk about 
God's names in scripture and how that helps us to understand who he is and give us that sense of authority. Can you give us maybe a couple of them that you really resonate with or that sometimes can give you strength in prayer? Well, Jehovah Jireh is the, the is constantly, you know, uh, the one that really resonates the most with me because he is our provider. Yes. You know, he is our provider and you, and, and, you know, and the fact that, you know, you think about, uh, you know, Abraham needed a sacrifice and here's Isaac and God provided a sacrifice. He brought a ram, you know, whatever we need in any situation, God is the source. God is, you know, the provider. Uh, I also like, um, you know, Jehovah Rapha, he's our healer. You know, I know this is, I know this has got to be one that you like too, because Mm -hmm. if we'll do, you know, we'll live the way that he prescribes for us to live, but even with the things that are coming against our bodies, you know, and it's been crazy last couple of years, aren't we glad that one of his names, okay. And, and, and it's been brought through, uh, I am part of, I'll tell you this little side note. I am part of a church that when the pandemic started, uh, Chuck Pierce had given my pastor, uh, who's in great relationship with these guys, a word that as long as we kept the blood of Christ in front of us, that we would keep progressing. So my pastor took it that while the pandemic was going on, we would do communion every night, uh, online 15 minutes, you know, or something like that. And so he thought he'd only do it a month. Well, last night he's on night uh, 1042. I love it. That's great. And has done it every night. And recently he was given a word that, um, without going into all the details that we needed to get to night 1260. And that comes from a scripture in revelation. And so, um, you know, doing that, I mean, it has changed me because, you know, you're used to communion once a month in the church. And if you're there, but I mean, literally doing communion, with uh, my grandchildren here recently doing communion with my wife and it becoming just a a normal part. And what we've been hearing, whether it be Lou Engel bringing it up or someone else bringing it up is all of a sudden without anybody trying to organize it, there's been all of this great revival about communion. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, I've heard it too, for sure. Yeah. 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 So you think about that, where, where is that covenant promise Jehovah Rapha? Okay, it is through the blood and body, the, the body and the blood of Christ. Absolutely. And, and so it takes it to a whole other level. So keeping that in front of us for sure. So you have your own YouTube show called Living a Life Worth Remembering. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What's your focus there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that whole focus is to talk to people about what they're doing to leave a lasting legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talk to them. Uh, one of the guys that's on there, you can go and look. Uh, he actually uh, is a guitar player, Nashville star that actually uh, wrote two of Garth Brooks' number one songs. Wow, very he's cool. Now, he's now got his own. His name is Mitch Rossell. But I met Mitch in an airport while he was playing, while we were just sitting, eating, yeah. and uh, formed a friendship with him and just kind of back and forth praying. And... Uh, you know, so I wanted to talk to him and here he is opening up about the pressures of the music industry. And his number one thing is I don't want to lose my kids. So I'm, I'm interviewing him 
you know, how do you, how do you go after your dream, but not lose your, your, your destiny, your yeah. real destiny. Absolutely. And so living a life worth remembering, live life to the fullest, abundant life. Yep. But how do you leave a lasting legacy? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And so I've had football coaches, I've had uh, athletes, I've had authors, pastors, and, and just really try to find what's interesting about their life, but pull out that nugget because what I want the hearers to learn is what, what can I learn from this person that I can live a life that will live on after my own lifetime has ended. You know, that's, that's the thing that excites me sometimes when I think about these books I've written. I said to my wife one night, right when we were going to sleep, I said, you know, honey, if the Lord took us home tonight, our books remain right. and our great, great grandchildren. You, if you look up behind me, you'll see up at the top shelf, there's a bunch of historical books. Two of those books were written by great, great uncles that were Baptist pastors I never met. So awesome. But you know so much about them because of what they wrote. Because they chose to write it. And I have taken those books to major pastors conferences where I talk about writing. So would they have ever dreamed they would have had a descendant that would have been in ministry and wrote, you know, in publishing and that their books would be showcased in front of people. Right. They never would have, but that is the power of legacy, especially in legacy and print. Yeah, that's fantastic. So is there anything I have not asked you that you want to make sure you leave with our audience? Well, I just think that uh, the last thing I'll say is this, is that, um, you know, uh, don't underestimate the power and impact of your prayers. And uh, you do not have to know all the Bible. You don't have to uh, know every single thing. But I'll tell you something, God uh, is, he, he's waiting on you. He wants to invite you into this. It's like his, his, his business and he wants his children involved in the family business. Yes, he I will talk that. to you about your children. He will talk to you about your neighbors. He'll talk to you. And instead of getting frustrated by watching the news or just hearing things, get with God and talk to him. And what you'll find out is that God will give you the key. See, he's given us keys. You know, Adam and Eve had the keys. They had control. They lost that to Satan. But thank God he came. Jesus came, got wow. the key back. But what did he do with him? He gave them to Peter. And guess what? Those keys are there for us today. But the Lord told me keys don't work themselves. We have to work them. And, you know, our mouth is a key. Our actions are keys. But when you line up and you have this incredible relationship with God, he will tell you to pray for somebody you may have not even thought about. And you may not hear of the results, but sometimes you will. And it will it, it'll just blow you away that God used you to pray for something because he could find you that was willing to pray for something that maybe nobody else would. So get, get ready and just get ready to do this with God. It is so much fun. I mean, there's warfare, but it, you feel alive because you're living in the kingdom. You're not waiting to just go to heaven. You're, you're, you're experiencing heaven on earth now. That's That's awesome. Where can people go to learn more about you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, if you go to on Amazon, you look under Don Newman, you'll see all three of the books. Uh, and obviously, if you use Barnes and Noble or you have another way of buying books, uh, you can go there. But you can go to Amazon and read about the books. You can go to Coach Don Newman. Uh, and that is a YouTube channel. I'm sorry, you can go to YouTube and look up Coach Don Newman and my show Living a Life Worth Remembering. Also, too, anybody that gets the book and you got a comment or you just want to reach out, 
uh, two ways you can reach out. You can reach out by emailing me at prayingforrain at gmail.com. It's just the title of the book at gmail.com. And then also, too, uh, I do have a you I, I have a Facebook page. It's a private Facebook page. You have to ask to be invited. But anyone that feels like, well, I'd like to pray with you and I'd like to pray with others like this. It is Praying for Rain at Facebook groups. If you just go and you Google or not Google, you uh, type in Praying for Rain in Facebook in the search bar, you'll see Praying for Rain, the group. And basically, when you pull it up, there's a way there to ask to be let in. And we'll absolutely let you be part of it. That's fantastic. Yeah, I will link in the show notes to your books and to the email and we'll put all that all that information in there. And thank you so much. This has been a fantastic time. Oh, no, I, I, I you know, I, for a minute there, I forgot we're even taping and doing that <laughs> we're in a conversation. And, and right. uh, you know, it's been a delight to do this with you, uh, Lauren. And I, I look forward to talking with you in the future and connecting with you again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Are you looking for a holistically minded healthcare practitioner who truly treats root cause rather than symptom suppression? Unfortunately, even in the alternative healing professions, this isn't a given. That's why I've created wholehealthdoctor.com, a resource to help connect patients to healthcare practitioners in their area who share a root cause philosophy. Alternatively, most of the practitioners listed also practice telehealth. So if there isn't anyone local to you, you can still find a great practitioner to help you regain optimal health. Go to wholehealthdoctor.com. That's whole healthdr.com, type in your location or adjust the specialty that you're looking for and find the practitioner who's right for you. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you. So please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren Deville. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you.
rejoice always pray without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward him in good times and bad to listen to more abide Christian meditations just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for abide Christian meditation You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.